0: Only then, that which is nameless, comes into being.
1: This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 75 of Urgency of Change. Each weekly episode in this season of the Krishnamurti podcast is based on a major theme of the philosopher's talks, such as freedom, self-knowledge, beauty, intelligence and meditation. Extracts from our archives have been carefully selected to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to each of these universal and timelessly relevant themes. This week's theme is truth. Upcoming themes are relationship, beauty and compassion. This podcast is brought to you by Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in the UK. For more information about activities and programmes at Brockwood, such as the Krishnamurti Retreat Centre, Brockwood Park School, and more about the Foundation, please visit our website at kfoundation.org. You can also find our daily quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. This week's podcast has five sections. The first extract is of Krishnamurti reading Truth is a Pathless Land in Ojai, 1930. I
2: maintain that truth is a pathless land and cannot be approached by any path whatsoever, by any religion, by any sect, Truth being limitless, unconditioned, unapproachable by any path whatsoever, cannot be organized. Nor should any organization be formed to lead or coerce people along any particular path. First, understanding that, then you will see how impossible it is to organize a belief. A belief being purely an individual matter, you cannot and therefore must not organize it. If you do, it becomes crystallized, dead. It becomes a creed, a sect, a religion to be imposed on others. That is what everyone throughout the world is attempting to do. Truth is narrowed down and made a plaything for those who are weak, for those who are only momentarily discontented. Truth cannot be brought down. Rather, the individual must make the effort to ascend to it. You cannot bring the mountain top to the valley. If you would attain to the mountain top, you must pass through the valley, climb the steeps, unafraid of the dangerous precipices. Organisations cannot make make you free or develop the inner man, No man from outside can make you free, nor can organized worship, nor the immolation of yourself for a cause make you free. Therefore I am not concerning myself with the founding of religions or new sects or the establishment of new theories or new philosophies. On the contrary, I am concerning myself with the only one essential thing, the true freedom of man. I would help him to break away from all limitation, to free himself from all fears, from the fear of religion, from the fear of salvation, from the fear of spirituality, from the fear of love, from the fear of death, from the fear of life itself. My desire is that men should be unconditionally free, for I maintain that the only true spirituality is the incorruptibility of the self, which is eternal. It is the harmony between reason and love. That is the highest reality, that is life itself. True perfection, the harmony of the self, has no law. This must not be translated as to mean chaos. It is above all law and above all chaos, because it is the seed of everything that from which all transformation arises and on which all things depend. If you desire the harmony of the Self in which is truth and that poise of the Self in which is true creation, you must care for that Self which abides in each and be concerned only with that Self. In creating that eternal poise lies the unfoldment of truth. Without understanding The struggle between mind and emotion creates fear. If you would establish that harmony, then worship, prayers, mediators, the seeking of comfort are unnecessary. You must come to it naturally, as the flower blooms of a clear morning. The mind and the heart are of the same substance, and you must look to the purification of that substance and make that substance which is thought, which is love, incorruptible. The moment there is in thought separation created by the mind, there is limitation and hence sorrow. The moment there is in love the creation of personal likes and dislikes, there is limitation and hence sorrow. To make the mind and the heart of man free from limitation, free from corruption, is happiness, liberation, and truth.
1: The second extract is from the second question and answer meeting in Ohai, 1980, titled Is Truth Absolute or Relative?
0: There is a prevalent assumption these days, that everything is relative and a matter of personal opinion that there is no such thing as truth or fact independent of personal perception. What is an intelligent response to this belief? Right? Is it that we are all so terribly personal? What I see, what you see, is the only truth? What my opinion and your opinion are the only facts we have? That's the question implies, that everything is relative, goodness is relative. Evil is relative, love is relative. And so as everything is relative, that's not whole, complete truth, then our actions, our affections, our personal relationships are relative, can be ended whenever we like, whenever it doesn't please us, and so on. That's the implication of this question. Right? Now, is there – we are both of us investigating, please, I am not telling you – is there such thing as truth? Apart from belief, apart from personal opinion, belief, personal belief, opinion, perception. Is there such thing as truth? This question has been asked by the ancient Greeks, by the Hindus in the ancient days, and by the Buddhists. It's one of the strange facts in the in the Eastern religions that doubt was encouraged you to doubt, to question. And and the Western's rather put down. It's called heresy, if you love. So one must find out for oneself apart from personal opinions, perceptions, experiences, which are always relative, whether there is a perception, a seeing, which is absolute truth, not relative. You understand? You understand my question? Now, how are you going to find out? If we say that personal opinion or perception are relative, and therefore there is no such thing as truth, absolute, it then is relative. And according to that, our behaviour, our conduct, our way of life is relative, casual, not complete, not whole, therefore fragmentary. This is... I hope we are following each other. And we are trying to find out if there is such thing as truth which is not relative, personal opinion, perception. Right? So how do you set about it? How would you, if this question is put to you, how would you find out if there is such a thing as truth which is absolute, which is not relative, which is complete, which is never changing under climate, personal opinions, uh, and so on? How will you find how do you? How does your mind, the intellect, find out? Or thought find out. You, may we go on with this? Does it interest you all this? I wonder why. <laughs> because when you are inquiring into something that demands a great deal of investigation, action in daily life. A sense of putting aside which is not, which is false. That's the only way to proceed, right? That is, if we have an illusion, a fantasy, an image, a romantic concept of truth or love and all the rest of it, those are the very barriers that prevent. Moving further. Can one honestly investigate what is an illusion? Is the, does the mind <coughs> live in illusion? Or do we have illusions? About people, about nations, about God, about religion, about everything. You follow? How is how, how are illusions come into being? I wonder if you follow me. How do does one have an illusion? What is the root of it? What do we mean by the word illusion? It comes from the word, Latin and so on, from ludere, which means to play. The root meaning of that word is to play. Ludere. Which means playing with something which is not actual. You understand? The actual is what is Happening. Whether it is what may be called good, bad, and so on, what is actually taking place. And when one is incapable of facing what is actually taking place in oneself, then to escape from that is to create illusion. I want, right? We are... I'm, please don't agree, I'm just exploring this. We are exploring together. The word illusion implies to play with something that is not actual. Lutheran. I won't go into all the Greek and Latin meaning of it. So, and also in Sanskrit, it's a very same words are used. So, if one is unwilling or afraid or wants to avoid what is actually going on, that very avoidance creates the illusion, a fantasy, a a romantic movement away from what is. If we accept that, as the meaning of that word, illusion, moving away from what is. Right? Can we go on from... No, please don't agree with me, see this is a fact. Then can we avoid this movement, this escape from actuality? So then we ask, what is the actual? Right, you are The actual is that which is happening, which is the responses, the ideas. Actually, the actual belief you have, the actual opinion you have. And to face them is not to create illusion, right? Can we go in our investigation? Have we gone that far? Right? Because otherwise you can't go further. So we so, as long as there are illusions, opinions, Perceptions based on the avoidance of what is, then that must be relative, right? Right. So, what? Shall we go on? Relativeness, which is. I won't go into the word relative, that's the word. No, I won't, sorry. <laughs> is. can only take place when there is a movement away from the fact that what is happening, what is. In understanding what is, it is not. Your personal opinion that judges what is. It's not your personal perception, but actual observation of what is. One cannot observe what is actually going on if you say, My belief dictates the observation, my conditioning dictates. The observation. Then it is avoidance of what the understanding of what is. I wonder if you got it. Right? Are we doing this? Actually, do it. See that. Perceive what is actual, your actual belief, your actual sense of dependency, your actual competitiveness, and not move away from it, observe it. That observation is not personal. Right? But if you make it personal, that is, I must must not, I must be better than that, then it becomes personal and therefore it becomes relative. Whereas if we could look at it, at what is actually taking place, then there is complete avoidance of any form of illusion. right? Can we do this? You may agree to this verbally, but can we actually perceive our dependency, right? either a dependency on a person, on a belief, on an ideal, or on some experience which has given you a great deal of excitement and all the rest of it, and therefore depend on those, that dependence will inevitably create illusion. So can we observe the fact that we are Dependent and observe it. Right? So, in the same way, we're going to find out if there is such a thing as absolute truth. If you're interested in this, because it's this been asked not only by some casual questioner, but by monks who have given their life to this you understand by philosophers by every religious person up who's not institutionalized deeply concerned with life with reality and truth you understand so if you if you are really concerned about what is the truth, one has to go into it very, very deeply. First of all, one has to understand what is reality. Right? What is reality? That which you perceive, that which you touch, that which you taste, right? That which you have pain and so on. So reality is the sensation and the reaction to that sensation, the response to the sensation as an idea, right? And and That idea created by thought. So there is. Thought has created reality. The marvelous architecture, the great cathedrals of the world, the temples, the mosques, and the idols that are put in it the images, all created by thought. And we say that is reality, because you can touch it, you can taste it, you can smell it. So we are saying all the things that thought has created, the knowledge, the acquisition of knowledge through science, through mathematics, so on, so on, is reality. But nature is not created by thought. Right? You are following this? That tree, the mountains, the rivers, the waters, the deer, the snake is not created by thought it's there but out of the tree we make a chair that's created by thought right so there is thought has created the actual world in which we live and Nature includes environment, you know, the whole... that is not created by thought, obviously. Then you are, we ask, is truth reality? You understand? You are following this? One perceives that thought has created the world in which we live. But thought has not created the universe. But thought can inquire into the universe, the cosmology, astrophysicists. That is, they are proceeding through the through they are proceeding the enquiry with thought, and they will come to certain conclusions, certain hypotheses. Try to prove those hypotheses. Always in the in the path of thought. I don't know if you follow all this. No, this is hmm? so. Thought is, is relative. And therefore, whatever it creates, in whatever direction it moves, it must be relative. It must be limited. You're following all this? Please, this is not a lecture. <laughs> I'm not a professor, thank God. Hmm? We are just inquiring as two human beings, desire, wanting to find out what his actual truth is, <coughs> if there is such a thing as that. So the mind is no longer an illusion. That's the first thing. Has no hypothesis, has no hallucinations, illusions. It doesn't want to grasp something or create an experience which it calls true which most people do. So the mind has now brought order into it. Right? Right, sir? It has order. There is no confusion about illusions, about delusions, hallucinations, about experience, so the mind the brain has lost its capacity to create illusions. Right? Then what is true? Are... That is, sir, what is the relationship between reality Hmm? You understand reality? What we explained, what is reality? And that which has no. Uh, that which is not created by thought. Is there a such thing which is not the product of thought? You understand? Can we go on with this? That is, is your mind, our minds now sitting here in rather depressed (laughs) climate, under trees rather cool, is our mind, are our minds free from every form of illusion? Right? Otherwise, you cannot possibly find out the other. Which means is your mind has your mind completely free of any confusion. Therefore, it it is absolute order. You is it. You understand my question? How can a confused mind, disorderly mind, mind that is in a turmoil, ever find what its truth is? It can invent. It can say there is truth or there is no truth. But for a mind that is that has sense of absolute order, a mind that is completely free from every form of illusion. Then it can proceed to find out. You understand my... Otherwise you can't, obviously. That is, sir, look, there is something rather interesting if you are interested in it, the astrophysicists, scientists, are using thought to find out, going out. You understand? They are doing this. They are investigating the world around them, matter, and going beyond the astrophysics, beyond, but always moving outward. Right? But if you start inward the me is also matter. Right? Thought is matter. So if, the, if, if you can go inwards, then the, the, you are moving from fact to fact. Right? I wonder if you see all this therefore what you t- that which is beyond matter you begin to discover that's up to you so this is a very serious affair it's not just a morning thursday morning an hour to discuss this one has to give one's you understand must one give one's life to this not away from life. Instead, life is my struggle, my anxiety, my fears, my boredom, my loneliness, my sorrow, you follow? my misfortunes, all the regrets, and all that is my life. That I must understand and go through that. You follow? Not away from it. Then. There is such thing as absolute truth. We've gone through it.
1: The third extract is from Krishnamurti's third question and answer meeting at Brockwood Park in 1983, titled Facts Show What the Truth Is.
0: How do you know what you are saying is true? How do you know what you are saying is true? Why do you ask me that question? (laughs) Isn't it true that as long as there is national division, economic division, racial division, religious division, there must be conflict? That's a fact. Right? Would you accept that? So it's not what I say to be true, but the fact itself, facts themselves show what the truth is. As we talked the other day about relationship, as long as there is this separation between two human beings, psychologically there must be conflict. That's a fact. It's not that what I say, how do I know what I say is true, but it's a fact that as long as I'm ambitious and pursuing my particular form of pleasure, particular fulfilment, and my wife or husband does or girlfriend does the same, we must inevitably end up in conflict. That's a fact. So it's not how do I know what truth is? First of all, let us look at facts. We are greatly prejudiced people, we have a great many prejudices. we have cultivated them, we have strengthened them by public opinion and so on, that our prejudices prevent understanding other people. Right? That's a fact. So, can I, Can one be free of prejudices? Free of certain opinions which become so very strong in our lives. Right? And the question then arises, how we, is it possible for human beings to be free of prejudices? That we can discuss. That we can have it. Conversation, a dialogue, and say, look, I have prejudices, suppose I have them, and you have them, and so these prejudices, whether they are idealistic prejudices, capitalist prejudices, totalitarian <laughs> prejudices, religious prejudices, they divide people. Right? This simple fact. And where there is division, there must be conflict. The Arabs and the Jew, the Islamic world and the rest of the world. Those who are terribly bigoted and those who are not must be in conflict. It's a very certain fact. I have nothing to do with it. It isn't how do I know what I am saying is true. We are just facing facts. Now, what is a fact? What do you think is a fact? That which has happened before an incident, a car accident, that's a fact. Or what is happening now, sitting here, is a fact. But what will happen in the future may not be a fact. I wonder if So, facts implies that which has happened before. Yesterday, walking along the lane, I met a a viper, I saw it, it didn't bite me. That's a fact. And what is happening now, what I am thinking, what I am doing now, is a fact. And what I will do may not be a fact. It might happen or might not happen. So if you are clear on what is a fact, and then what is an idea? You understand? Is an idea a fact? You understand? And the word idea, Greek and so on, Latin, means to observe. The root meaning of that word, idea, is to observe, to perceive, to see. What we do is see a fact and make an abstraction of it, and then... Pursue the idea. Which means there is always the fact and a conclusion from the fact. And pursue the fact. Pursue the conclusion, not the understanding of the fact. Am I making myself clear? So please, it's not how do you know what you are saying is to be true? The speaker is merely pointing out facts. Those facts are not personal. If I say, (coughs) I am a Hindu and stick to it, that's a fact. Whether it's an illusion, whether it is... As some kind of superstitious, sentimental nonsense. That's also fact. Yes, fact can be an illusion or actual. But most of us live with illusions. I am an Indian. That's an illusion, and you are. If I may most gently point out, you are British. (laughs) That's also an illusion. This tribal, insular worship is destroying the world. That's a fact. As long as I am an Arab and you are something else, I'm going to destroy you because I believe by destroying we I go to heaven. Right? That's, That's an illusion which they have accepted as a fact, and for that illusion they are willing to fight and kill and destroy. Right? So can we always deal with facts I'm asking can we always be with facts? Not translate the facts according to my prejudice, according to my belief, according to my neurotic illusions, however noble they are. Can I look at these facts and... Understand what those facts are telling, say. I had suppose I had an accident in a car. Can I look at that fact that I was rather careless? They' driving too fast, not paying complete attention to what I was doing because I was talking to my friend next to me – that's a fact. But I then say, no, it's your fault because, you know, other man, the other fellow is the fool. Now, it's a fact that we have ideals. Right? Don't you all have ideals? No? I wish we could have a dialogue friendly, (laughs) talk to each other. Don't you have ideals? I'm afraid you do. (laughs) Ideals. What, What are those ideals? Are they facts? The ideal that we must live peacefully. Right? the ideal that we must be, whatever it is, non-violent, or the ideals of a communist, which are drawn from historical study, and but those studies are prejudiced by my conditioning. So, why do we have ideals at all? I know this is a dangerous thing to say, because most of us live with these extraordinary ideals. We are questioning, please, I am not saying you should or should not have ideals. I am saying, why do we have ideals? Faiths, beliefs, as a Christian, as a Buddhist, as a Hindu, I am an American, you are British, you know, all the rest of it. Why? Is it our, mind, our brain is incapable of living without any illusion? What do you say to that? Is my brain... Capable, strong, vital. To understand things as they are. And not create a future ideal. Ideal is non non existent. Right? All Christians and all religious people believe that you must not kill, right? And probably the Christians have killed more than anybody else. Right? I repeat it, so don't be <laughs> and the Muslim Islamic world have killed more. Not not so more not so many, so many as the Christians. <laughs> and probably the Buddhists and the Hindus come much and a lower scale, because they are barbarians. <laughs> they are uncivilised people. And so it goes on. And we know that ideals of every kind, faith, belief, divide people. Right? That's a fact. So can we be free of ideals? of faith, of being identified with one group and against another group which identifies with another group. You follow? Be free of all this. Could we? Or is that impossible? If we could have a dialogue about this, then would exchange? Yes, it's not. It is possible. It's not possible. Why is not possible? You understand? Could we do that now? To have a free mind, free brain that's not cluttered up with a lot of rubbish, a lot of illusions. Is that possible? And some of you may say, no, it's not possible because I can't live without my beliefs. I must have my ideals, my faith, otherwise I am lost. With your faith, with your beliefs, with your ideals, you are already lost. That's a fact. You are very lost people. But whereas if we could have a dialogue, conversation, and say, why do I cling to my particular prejudice, particular idea, particular and so on? Why have I identified myself with them? Why do I identify myself with anything? You follow? Push it push it deeply to find out why we do all these things, why we have allowed ourselves to be programmed, why we are afraid of public opinion, and so on, so on. So the question, how do you know what you are saying is true? I'm afraid it has very little meaning. Truth is not something that's not that is mysterious. Truth is where you are. From there we can begin. Truth is, I'm angry, I'm jealous, I'm I, aggressive, I quarrel. That's a truth, that's a fact. So one must begin, if one may most respectfully point out, where one is. That's why it's important to know oneself, to have complete knowledge of oneself. Not from others, not from psychologists, brain specialists and so on, but to know what you are. Because you are the story of mankind. You understand all this? If you know how to read that book, which is yourself, then you know all the Activities and the brutalities and the stupidities of mankind. Because you are the rest of the world. Right? Is that question clear?
1: The fourth extract is from the fourth talk at Brockwood Park in 1972, titled Truth is to see the false.
0: So the mind can never say it knows. (laughs) Therefore, it is always moving, living, active. Therefore, it has no anchorage. It's only when there is anchored gathers opinions, conclusions, and separation. Now this is meditation, which is meditation is to perceive the truth
2: each second. Not the truth,
0: ultimately. To perceive the truth and the false each second. To perceive the truth that content is consciousness, that is the truth. To say, to see the truth that I do not know how to deal with this thing. Right? That is the truth – not knowing. Therefore not knowing is the state in which there is no content. It is so terribly simple, that's what you are objecting to. You want something clever, complicated put together, and you object to see something extraordinarily simple and therefore extraordinarily beautiful. So can the mind, which is the brain, see its own limitation? limitation of time, which is the bondage of time, and the limitation of space. And as long as one lives within that limited space and time-binding movement there must be suffering. There must be psychological despair, hope and all the anxiety, everything takes place. So when the mind has perceived the truth of this, then what is time? Then is there a different dimension which thought cannot touch, therefore cannot describe? We said thought is measure, and therefore time. We live by measurement. All our structure of thinking is based on measurement, which is comparison, and all that which we've gone into last few
1: days,
0: (coughs) and thought as measurement tries to go beyond itself and discover for itself if there is something immeasurable, which is not measurable. And to see the falseness of it is the truth. You understand? I wonder if you see this. The truth is to see the false, and the false is when thought seeks that which is not measurable, which is not of time, which is not of the space with its content of consciousness.
1: The final extract this week is from Krishnamurti's first question-and-answer meeting in Ojai, 1984, titled, Truth Acts as a Poison if One Doesn't Act.
0: Please explain what you mean by saying that if one perceives truth and does not act, it acts as poison. Do you need explanation for that? I have heard the truth, that thought is limited. That's the truth. That's not an invention, that's not an exotic idea, something conceived by some idiot or other. It is a fact. And I listen to the fact, the truth of it, and I carry on my daily life, what takes place? I have realised something to be true and I am acting quite the opposite to that. What happens? Conflict increases more and more and more. It is much better not to hear the truth. then you can carry on in your old way. But the moment you share something to be extraordinarily beautiful, and you don't, and that beauty just a mere description of, but the actuality of that beauty. then you do something ugly and keep on repeating... doing the thing ugly, it's obviously a poison. It not only affects you physically, inwardly... and also it affects a great deal the brain... that has heard something to be true and does the cut... Therefore, it's much better not to hear. If you want to carry on your old way, there's a very good story of four robber- robbers, or oh, two robbers, as many, and they have been robbing, and their father has been praising God for their for His kindness. For their benefit, thieves have also gods, not the only rich people. So one day they have been robbing somebody or other, and are coming back in the patio, in the square, palazzo, piazza. There there is a man saying, giving a sermon. And he's saying, You must never steal. You must never hurt another. Be kind. The other brother closes his eyes, ears, doesn't want to hear. And the other brother hears it. And for the rest of his life, he's in pain. I think this is a fact, really a great fact, if we don't, we don't seem to realise it, that when you see something enormously beautiful, you see, you, have, you are sensitive enough to see that beauty, and you do something ugly, it really tortures you if you are sensitive. And that's why truth is such a dangerous thing